You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Amber Brown from Alfred Williams. Now, let's talk about office space. No it's it's more than just a movie. Let's talk about that. It's a place where we work. And now in a lot of cases, used to work. And would like to someday work again, hopefully very soon. COVID has changed our idea of a workplace, uh, both at home and at the office. And as companies adapt to keep people safe, there's a lot of things that change. And, and Alfred Williams is the leader in that. And so we're so excited to talk a little bit about Alfred Williams. They are a company that specializes in great interior spaces uh, that has its sight on helping people return to offices safely. You know, they are a company that is taking its design to a new level with enhanced social distance design for workplace, for collaborative space office designs. Um, and we're excited to, to talk to Amber Brown, who is the regional president for this business right here in Charlotte. And she's going to bring her insights into the future of the workplace and learn more about that on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. What a great intro. No kidding. Thanks, that Brian. Was, <laughs> been doing this for a while. I'm going I'm to record that. <laughs> we, yes, we are certainly excited you're here, and, and thank you for joining us again, Amber. Um, first, tell us what Alfred Williams, and Alfred Williams is a company, is all about, and uh, what kind of work do you do? Absolutely. So um, Alfred Williams and Company, it's funny, um, I, I love that we're talking about brand today, because Alfred Williams is a company that's been around since 1867. Wow. So if you can imagine that uh, over the course of 150, almost four years now, there's a lot of things that have changed about Alfred Williams. And um, But we are uh, the Herman Miller dealer for North Carolina, South Carolina, and uh, Middle Tennessee. And we we really specialize in all things related to how and where people work. And um, so it'd be great to say it was only commercial office space. Um, however, we have several vertical markets that we work in. And it's it's um, it's interesting because it's still people doing work. So healthcare environments, uh, we also do, we work with government entities. We do a lot of higher ed. And then of course we do any size office from the small business to large corporate end users and everything in between. And, and there's a lot of things that go into that, uh, working with our partners in the market and real estate and in design. Um, and, and what we try to do is just to be a really good partner with all of all of those, because um, all of those are our customers. And, uh, and we've been doing it for a long time. So you said you mentioned uh, vertical. Um, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that. But you cover a pretty big region. Right. Is we it, do. Yeah. What what is your what is your coverage? Where are you doing work? As, as you mentioned, not just Charlotte. Right. Right. So we have locate we have eight locations throughout the Carolinas and Tennessee. And in the nature of how our business works, we, we, we typically go where our customers want us to go, uh, even if they're based here in the Carolinas. So if, if, if a company is based in the Carolinas, yet they want us to do a project in California or Texas or South Dakota, wherever it may be, we, we go with the customer to those locations. Um, and a lot of that really is based off of if the customer and the, and the folks that we deal with are here. So, um, so we're, we're equipped to do work anywhere uh, in, the, in the United States that is we, we don't do anything overseas um 
when how do you how do you go about getting business? Are you are you working with general contractors? Are you working with developers um, on some of these larger scale pro- projects? And I assume you said small business too. You probably work with small business owners or someone within that organization. Um, who do you like to get to know uh, in regard to business development? So, you know, what a great, great, great question. So I spent my, I've spent my entire career in business development. And before I came to work for Alfred Williams, I was in the media industry and did business development. And really, I worked for a business development consulting company. And one of the things I've learned over the years of business development is you never know where your business is going to come from. And so, you know, being you know, being out in the community and, and really just being a good partner and being, you know, getting to know people because for what we do, I mean, it's been interesting during COVID how many of our, our customers that are business customers have picked up the phone and called us and said, hey, we need your help in our house, you know, and, and we're not really equipped to do that necessarily on an, in an easy way, but, you know, we've helped in ways that we, that we, we can. Um, but where our business comes from, you know, the ecosystem that is the, the, you know, it's funny, we were talking about Carolina built and the built environment. Anyone that plays in a space that uh, is, is real estate, um, architecture and design, general contractors. Um, we also sell a product called Dirt. So a lot of times we spend our, you know, our, energy, around, our energy with general contractors and with architects. Um, but also just cut companies that, you know, maybe thinking differently about how they're going to work. And you just never know where, you know, I've had, told you I was going to fight these things all day. Um, <laughs> but you never know where, where and when somebody's going to pick up a phone and say, hey, I, I could use what you do and your expertise to help us explore. And a lot of times we'll work with a customer just on exploring that, but then, um, you know, they may, they may pivot and go in a different direction. So we're, we're having a lot of those conversations right now because the whole what's the future of work look like is a, is a hot topic. But, um, but you know, I, I've had customers come from a lot of different places. And so business development for us is, is, is our people being out in the market and, you know, representing us well. And then if we, if we do that, then hopefully we, we gain some customers in, uh, and then they come back because we do a really good job. Absolutely. Are you doing a lot of redesign work for existing customers or projects you've done in the past uh, as so, folks enter, re-enter the market or whatever's going to happen? And I'm really curious what you're hearing about that too. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, so I have responsibility for the Charlotte market. I also have responsibility for the triad. So the Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point area. And then I have uh, our three markets down South Carolina. And that that question is so like the answer is different for every single one of those. And so in South Carolina, um, you know, a lot of our customers have you know been back in the office. And so same, same thing for what I would say small, medium businesses. Um, in North North Carolina, so for us in Charlotte, where I think the you know as far as redesign, we're not seeing a lot of redesign as much as um, we're seeing. I'm going to fight him. Sorry, here That's we go. Right. Um, but we're not seeing as much redesign necessarily as really just rethinking what's going to work for us. Um, you know, and, and depending on the journey that the company's on, and really I think reflecting back on how were they using the space before, and how's that going to play out in the future. Um, but we, a lot of us have been back in the office. So we've been back in the office since June and uh, we have 45 people in our showroom office. And so we, you know, so we did a lot of planning. We did a lot of town hall meetings. We did a lot of conversations with our employees about what was a safe environment going to look like. And then we started to execute on that. We've learned a lot of lessons in the eight months that we've been back. 
And some of those lessons I think can be helpful for anyone considering going back. And then some of them, I think for your large, big end users. So the biggest challenge and where we're seeing that kind of the, the question marks is more around the buildings in uptown, okay? And so anyone that has to go into a large facility, up an elevator, a lot of floors, and then figure out how to operate is, is where, where I think the biggest challenge is. So, so not so much around redesign as, as really just rethinking how do I create an environment where some employees need to be back in the office. I mean, some of us need to be, we need to be across the table from people that we work with every day because of the collaborative nature of what we do. And we, and we, and we go apart, we come back together and we do that all day long. That's hard to do on a video call, even if you're on teams. I mean, I have a love hate relationship with teams and zoom. Yeah, me too. I get, I get that they're tools, but I also am like, oh my gosh, they're tools that it sometimes paralyze you. So, um, so some of those things, you know, are all, are all the things that I think companies are trying to figure out. And, and so what we're, what we do and what we're trying to do is to just be a good, uh, Sherpa in the process. Cause we've got, there's a lot to work through and every company works different. Every culture is different. And so what works for one company may not work for another, but there's good lessons and, and dialogue about how to do that. So I know um, when when COVID happened and when people started closing down offices, you know, we have half our team at home, half our team here. I'm the type of person that I need to be at the office, right? I, I'm more of like a team player. I want to be around people that have common goals and that we can work towards those. Not that I don't love my wife and my kids, but I don't have time to feed my kid at lunch, right? Like I want to be like crushing stuff. Like let's work together and let's <laughs> yes. make it happen. But there's a lot of articles that I read throughout like April, May, June, July, where companies and, and really large corporations, even like Apple that were coming out saying, well, this is amazing. We're all working from home. We'll never go back to the office. We'll never go back to the office. And now as we go into 2021, it's starting to change a little bit about what that, that dialogue is, because I think it's really hurting the culture of these organizations. And they're not necessarily understanding how important it is for people to have that personal connection, to be able to look someone in the eye. And you can be on Zoom and you can be on those different platforms, but there's nothing like bringing your team into a room and physically feeling their presence and physically feeling that emotion and that energy and that drive and being able to show designs in your case. So do you see that shifting, um, not only from people wanting to come back to work, but it's almost like, yeah, this year has been fun, but like, <laughs> we need to get the team back together. And what have you seen from organizations? Cause obviously the uptown going up an elevator, going into, that's the big challenge, right? You're in a mass area. Everybody's right. together. It's hard to really, you know, if your company's doing it the right way, one down the hall might not be right. And then that, that, you know, risk your business as well. What are you hearing from people where maybe six months ago, they're like, this is amazing. We're going to work from home forever. And now they're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Well, so what's interesting about that. And, and, and you know, when we, we went home in March, I think that middle of March date, I, in fact, I think it was like the 11th or 12th. That's exactly what ours was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It's like that. What, what was the day the NBA yeah. finals uh, that, I, that yeah. when they canceled the NBA season, we're like, Oh my gosh, Everybody we go need home. to go home. Anyway, yeah. we went home and the, um, and, you know, we spent a lot of energy in the first couple of months really debating that. And then it continued through May. And one thing I think that's never, I don't want to say never, but is here to stay is that work was redistributed very quickly. And that going into an environment where, you know, people realized, oh, wait, some people, some groups can work this way. And I think what's also very positive is that, that there's a lot of companies that in the past had maybe policies that were, you know, 
we don't want to support that. You know, we, we think everybody needs to be in the office. Maybe, maybe recognize that work can still get done. There are some people that work better if they have some flexibility in where they work and maybe the office environment doesn't support them wholly. So how do we do that? Um, so that, that conversation is still going on. And I think depending on whether or not, you know, you've had anyone in your office and if you've been tried to go back, as to how receptive you are to kind of continuing to work that way. Um, we've, we've, we came back as a 50-50 and some of our teammates have thrived. Some of our teammates that we thought maybe, oh, if, some, if everybody goes home, how's this gonna go? Some people thrived in having a little bit of, a little bit more focus and less distraction from being in the office. And so, so some of the, the, the dialogue that's going on is, well, what does the office need to support when people go back? Um, generally, if you if you survey, and there's a lot of surveys out there done by the commercial real estate folks and and some of the design partners about how often people want to be in the work. What do you guys think it is? Just curious that they want to be in the office. Why they want to be in the office? Four days a week. How, how, oh. how many days? How many? Uh, four. They want to be in two days. Three. three. Okay. Yeah. So the average is about three. Yeah. So if, if they only want to be in the office three days a week, then you've got to support them not only in their office but you also have to support them with however they work in, a, in any, any other time. And so, so having that, you know, some teammates may be in three days. Well, what three days, you know, is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Well, what about the rest of the team? So, so the workplace has got to support that distributed mo model of work where you may have some workers that are coming in cer certain days of the week or some days of the week, some that are working remotely, some may work from remote offices overseas. So that, so you got to support that environment regardless of, you know, so the office may, the office is still important, culture is still important, um, but you have to be able to support all those ways that people want to work because in some regards, it has worked very, very well. And, and, and if I can save in my real estate, but my office looks a little bit different, it's a win because, you know, I'm still creating that culture and in that environment where people want to work, but I'm also maybe not spending as much as I did in the past. Not to say that yeah. everyone will do that because I don't think everybody will do that. Well, and like you, you, you have this tremendous and amazing showroom displaying the work that you all do for people. Very creative, very, just very trendy, very fun environment to work in. I've been there uh, with, you mentioned built earlier, uh, with, the, with the built meeting we had. There was a speaker event. Um, it was awesome. And for us, we have a showroom. Uh, we offer branded merchandise. You, you, you need to be able to touch and feel apparel sometimes. You need to look at sizing. You need to see the creative wall of, of options that we have to, available. Um, challenge may be getting folks in the showroom right now right mm -hmm. like yeah. um hopefully that will evolve and change and get back to some sort of normalcy um until then though i'm i'm curious if you can give us some tips to to make offices covid safe and kind of what you're hearing and what you're seeing um it's more than just placing desks six feet apart right i mean it is what what are it you is. seeing there what have you all done so, so yeah, I'll start with what we've done, and because I think some of it plays into what we're seeing other 
companies do. So a lot of it is around operational change instead of around physical change. So out of the gate, it was, oh my gosh, we're going to have to, they're going to have to make these large high workstations that, you know, everybody, there was this for about the first two months, we're like, oh my gosh, high workstation panels are coming back. And we're like, oh no, no, oh. you know, because there's a lot of, not that that's a bad, I mean, it's not bad. That works for some companies, again, culturally. Right. But, you know, we, we heard a lot of things around that. So really what we did is we made operational changes and we actually have used a lot of technology to manage that back to the office. Um, so one thing that we did is we, you know, again, like I said, we surveyed our employees. What does, what is it going to, you know, what is that going to look like for you? Um, if you've had an employee that's been in their house working with their kids and whatever for the last eight months and haven't been out or in any environment that is any different than that, and that that exists, it's kind of scary, actually. It's weird. Then they may not realize that the world is still going on and there are people in the office. So, so I think surveying, trying to get a good understanding of where do you start. The other thing that we did is after we kind of took that information is we we worked with our uh, manufacturer partner, Herman Miller, and um, Herman Miller's got a whole healthcare team. And the healthcare team had some great insight to um, what it's like to deal with an infectious disease in the workplace because they do it all the time in healthcare environments. Mm -hmm. And so some of those learnings, um, you know, we, we, we quickly tried to kind of adapt and see how that played out in the workplace. So we voluntarily asked for, you know, for who wants to come back. And just like you, um, I was back. I went home for four weeks and my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, this does not work. <laughs> we had home from college and we're like, this is terrible. Someone has to leave. Yeah. And I just said, I'm out. <laughs> so, so, but what we did is we started, invi and we started inviting people in and we put some protocols in place. We adopted the mask policy. I mean, which is, you know, now here we are, we all wear masks and I don't even know what I do without this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, so we, we put those things in place. We also um, created an app where we, and we, and we created some rules that we communicated via town hall meetings, via signage that was in our office. And we gave an enormous amount of flexibility for our teams to, to, if you need to, you need to self-report on, I mean, so if you're not feeling well, great, stay home. I mean, and it's like, you got to, you know, I've got a little bit of a headache, great, stay home, work that way. So we, we did that physically in our office. We did make some adjustments where we did some one ways. Um, we also took, um, and we, we, I mean, we're in the industry of being able to take six foot circles and go, you know, and do square footage and say so many people, this, this meeting room used to hold four people, but because of the size and because of the way that it's set up, it's a one person space um so so we 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 created that signage again part of our town hall meeting as we communicated to that and we communicated this by the way almost three weeks before we wrote people back and then we did it again and then we did it again and then when they got here we did some quick little huddles and so we had some videos that we pushed out to people to understand hey this is the, the way you operate in the new environment so that we can all do our work we can all feel safe and so we did those and then we uh, amped up our cleaning protocols. Um, and you, you mentioned showroom visits, which is interesting because we actually had a request for a showroom visit before we came back to the office. Um, some companies have, you know, they've still leased space. They still have, you know, headquarters that are relocating. You have things that need to happen even though COVID is still very, very real. So, so what we've done in those scenarios is again, we worked remotely for almost eight weeks. We said, nobody comes in today, 
keep doing what you're doing. And we give the customers free reign of the share room to come in and explore. And then that way, um, I mean, it's, it's the hard part about that is the environment is there's not that buzz you have in the office, Scott, and you were here, right. you know, we always have that buzz in the office. Um, however, when you explain that to a customer, they, they understand that, hey, this is about your safety. It's about our safety. And we want you to be able to do what you're really here for, which is to explore, you know, what the what your workplace and how we might be a partner. So so those things like that. And then we've and then as we've been back, we've made adjustments. We've found some things we went a little overboard on and some things we needed to <laughs> amp up a little bit more. And then we've made those adjustments over the course of the, the last eight months that we've been back. And then, um, and you know, and, and, and unfortunately we're on job sites that have had COVID breakouts. And so our business has been affected by that because we have to just feels like everything takes a little bit longer. Um, we're very efficient at what we do, but if you have an outbreak on a floor because you got a lot of contractors, and a lot of people working in a space, then all of a sudden you got to send everybody home for two weeks. Then, we have to figure out, well, we don't really, we don't usually get more time to do what we do. So it's like, well, now we have to do it next time. So we've, so, so there's some things we've learned even in operating our business during COVID that um, we'll take moving forward. Absolutely. What would you say to date is one of your favorite projects that you've done? Gosh, I have so many, but <laughs> sure. um, you can list a couple uh, because think I think I've, so, I've heard of a few that are pretty attractive and that, you know, you see these big buildings. One? I think you guys are doing the Ally building right now. We are maybe? doing the Ally building. Bearing? Yeah, Bearing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, some big yeah. names and some big buildings uptown that seem to be empty and all of that right now. And so I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah. Those seem Hopefully like so. cool projects. You know? Yeah, so we, we have been fortunate to work on um, some great headquarter projects with some great partners and um, – and they're all favorites. So honestly, there's, there, well, and I, I don't say that to be, you know, just not answer the question. There's certain parts of all of the projects that we've done that are just interesting and unique. And I would say that even beyond some of the headquarter projects, some of the, if, if you ask that question to our team, our team would say some of their favorite projects are those small medium businesses where you're working with an owner of a company. Um, you're working with, uh, you know, someone who started a business and then has now kind of gone into, you know, and they're growing and they're, they're very much about their people and their culture. And that process is very rewarding. And there's nothing better than walking into a space after, you know, one of those scenarios happens and you just see the face of the employees, you see the face of a customer that's like, look, look at this, this is, this is great. And that, that design process that we go through, and a lot of times we're doing that with a, a design firm partner um, is really a great collaboration where everybody's focused on the customer and we're all get this great end result. And, um, but there have been, you know, so, so it's funny, there's um, a project we did a couple years ago with Mike Prager from Avid Exchange. And um, who, he, he is a fascinating, fascinating guy. And, um, and, and we heard this story of how Mike started the company. And, you know, and he was sitting in a coffee shop and he, you know, he had another and his part, business partner. And then all of a sudden you fast forward, you know, 15, 16, 17 years later, and they're moving into their new headquarters space. And so, you know, that, that ended up being a, a, what, a, a kind of a larger scale project, but what a great story about how, you know, this evolution of companies and, and I know we're talking about brand, but 
a brand that started and then and and really that the culture of that company and what they did in that space and what they continue to do is i mean it's just fascinating so um that i remember he's one of those folks where you know it's like the in that that whole team their face about what happened on that project and and again we were one partner in that project but you know you kind of when it, you have someone like that that sets the vision it really makes for an awesome outcome and a lot of great partners and and he had a great team um but yeah that, that's one that just kind of always resonated with me um they're all great i love we love of all of our customers yeah of but, course of yeah. course but that is fun and that you you kind of put the finishing touches on a project right like so you're what you're doing and what you're delivering people see and use all day long it's not like the plumbing or the electrical work or maybe even well you do see the paint but you know there's a lot that goes into those building projects that that you don't even see that have to be there yours is right. sort of the I don't know the sexy piece of it uh, in my mind. It is. It's and it's fun because it's and it's also you know we're the you know, just think about it. you're sitting in a chair right now. I'm sitting in my at my desk and these are those these are those things that that have to function really well for us to do our jobs, and so um, because the work that I'm that we're doing every day, um, you know, it, it, the other things should be easy and work for you and make your job easy to do. So it's 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 a fun industry and. And again, we get to work with great partners in other industries that become these teams. And and so when you ask me about my favorite project, I can I think more about the teams and the final, you know, that got to the final deliverable and that whole process. And and that picking a partner in our industry that is a good partner for you is more important than the widget that we all sell. We all sell things that um, and I don't mean to diminish what we sell because we, we sell great products. But at the end of the day, you need a partner um, that, that delivers and gets you to that point where it wasn't there wasn't a lot of friction. There was no drama. You just got it done. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love what you guys have on your website. And, and I think it's it just sums up what Alfred Williams and company is, where it's connecting people, place and purpose. And I think it's so cool to have a company like yours right in our backyard um, on your website. Just looked at the Avid Exchange building and it's like Google headquarters over here. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. Um, and I, my question on that is what is driving, you know, you look back and, and maybe it was five, 10 years ago when Google's offices were, or Amazon or whatever it was, their offices were coming out and, and they started to add all of these just like, just things to it that were just like, wow, you didn't think an office had that, you know, they have a gym, they got a, they got, I mean, it's just unbelievable. They have little nap pods, you know, like a nap pod. Like I thought you had to go to work to work, right? I need a nap pod. Right. We need to get a nap. Two o'clock. But what, coffee pod too. What drives that is, is that, um, you know, large organizations, I mean, you guys obviously do a lot of different work. Um, you guys sell Herman Miller and that's kind of like the, the main brand I think that you guys represent. Um, are they the ones that are, that are, that are out there, you know, listening to these large organizations, listening to millennials, listening to the next generation that's coming up and what are they going to need in an office space? I, I mean, what's next, you know, like, I don't know what else you can have. Are they going to have, you know, a movie theater and a driving range and then a, a, a here, you can come over here and get a massage. You sounds know? like the movie theaters are dead too. Well, maybe there'll be one in an office now. Who knows? <laughs> an office yeah. Who knows? yeah so it, that's an interesting so you know uh and i've been i've only been in the industry for seven years but i've learned a lot i mean i i've tried to become a study on what this industry is about and i i think i'll be on that journey for the rest of my career but um but i what the, the industry 
industry that I was in previously was so anti all that stuff. Like the media industry back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, if you walk in some of their spaces, their, their newsrooms and some of those things might be, you know, and I think that shifted in the last 10 years, but, but they were also very, you know, old school. And so what's driving that is a lot of things around, um, I would say, strategy. And so there's you know, the idea that workplace as a recruiting tool is real. And, you know, com- cons- you know, the, the job market, I mean, think about it, we live in a hot job market, and you have to create an environment that people want to work in. And so, because whether you think that individuals that are interviewing with you are doing it or not, they are interviewing your space. And um, in fact, we've heard stories and, and that where, you know, an, a candidate will walk in and say, show me where I'm going to work. And then you walk them back to high panel, you know, or, or not, you know, just something that's just doesn't fit. Still. And they're like, yeah, match, you know, that's it. And so, and so talent recruitment drives a lot of that. Also just, we spend a lot of time at work and we spend a lot of time with the people that we work with. And also work has changed. I mean, the speed by which we do things today is vastly changed. Technology has changed a lot. So the workplace has to support all of that. And so that's driven a lot of change. Um, and, and if you think about, you know, some of these big campuses where, you know, you may commute, especially in California, you know, if you commute a long way to get to a campus, you might need a nap pod you know, because right. you're going to be there for a while because you're not going to go home. But I, I, I say that jokingly, but the, 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 that you fast forward and what does the future of it all look like? Um, and that, that's, I think the big debate now is what does the future look like? I think that hybrid environment where technology integrates regardless of where you are. So if we're sitting here and I need to collaborate on a board, you know, so how does that, that experience translate to the person that's not sitting in the room with us? And how does, how does the technology support that? And then how does it adapt? Because it may change in six months. I mean, we, we have teams that work together on projects, but I mean, they could be six months, six month projects that then become, you know, okay, well, here's the next six months of what you're going to do. And I think amenity spaces for, um, and we do a lot of amenity spaces. Um, you know, we do a lot of different types of things that you would be surprised we do. And amenities for those spaces, I think, are going to still be there. I think they're going to look different. Um, you got to have, you know, if, if I'm going to come onto a campus or I need to travel for, uh, I mean, we used to travel to events in Pinehurst and do all those things. I think your corporate office has an opportunity to adapt to support some of those types of things, those cool spaces that you used to travel to to go to your company meetings. Maybe your external office is now because you've distributed work, come together and do that in your corporate office. So I think there's a lot of things that can change uh, in the future. Again, all things being debated makes it fun conversation. <laughs> I love it. So before I let we, we, we close this up, I do want to mention that you went to University of Oklahoma. Um, I got Boomer to, Sooner. I got, yeah, Boomer Sooner. I got to go out to Oklahoma a couple of years ago. My uh, good friend was a coach uh, for the football team, and I had an absolute blast. Actually, Who's your good friend? At OU? Yeah, Damon Magazoo. So he was, okay. um, he was, uh, he actually played at ECU um, under, both, under both coaches and, uh, yeah. and was got, got the opportunity to go out to, to Oklahoma. And um, it was amazing. I mean, I'll, first off, I'll put it this way I don't know how you guys don't sign every single person that goes and sees that building and that stadium. And I got to go to the game right. against Oklahoma State that was like 69 to 67. I've never seen more touchdowns in my entire <laughs> life. Kyler Murray was unbelievable. But the people there were incredible. The food was 
was incredible. The environment was incredible. And I just want to know, like, are you from Oklahoma? And what what do you take from your experience there coming into a bigger city? And, and really, you know, I think it's such a unique town that can really be super creative in their own way. And now when you're in a bigger environment, you can kind of bring that. So I just kind of want to know your, your advice from that. I lived in Wichita, Kansas for a long time. So I know that region it's totally sure. different than Charlotte. Um, and I just want to, I, I selfishly, I want to know, you know, what, what your, how your time was there and what you've taken from, from that experience. So I did grow up in Oklahoma. I grew up in a small town that is uh, southwest of Oklahoma City called Mustang, Oklahoma. Mustang. And I, I love, I still have, I love Oklahoma. Most of my family's still in Oklahoma and Texas. They're buried in snow right now, yeah. but um, it, it's been a, you know, I. So I took a lot from growing up there, and I think a lot of that is family is important. Um, you know, there, are, there's a pioneer, you know kind of spirit in Oklahoma that um, I think I, I made a, a comment one time to somebody, it's kind of the, you know, the oil industry and the cattle industry and the it's boom or bust. And, you know, and there's not a lot in between. <laughs> so yeah. when you, when you grow up that way, you, you know, you tend to, to really, uh, you kind of focus on what are those things that you can not end up on the bus side. And, and there's an authenticity to the people, which when you talk about the people, I think one, you know, the people in Oklahoma are very, true to who they are. There's not a lot of, and, and I would say, I hope that's who I am. I hope that's how I'm perceived. I don't try to hide it. Um, but you know, we all, we have our faults and we are who we are. And I think, uh, very interesting though, cause my family was a, a little bit of a risk taking. So I say pioneer, but I would also say a little bit of a maverick. So let's break a few rules every once in a while and let's get some stuff done. And, um, and the football culture, thank God it's, so awesome. I love that because you learn about team and you learned about um, winning. Uh, thank God I went to OU and we know about winning instead of Oklahoma State. Sorry. But either <laughs> way, uh, the palace on the prairie, or right? Texas, or right. Texas. Or Texas. That matter. That's right. I'm sorry. My te- I can do that on, I can do you can, that on, you can I do can't it. do that anymore. I get fined. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's a lot of really, I think, great things about growing up in that team environment too. And, um, and when, you know, for Alfred Williams, I think our employees, that's the culture we've built is you know, it's about the people and recruiting. Yeah. Recruit good people, recruit good people. And football I think is great because you, you, know, you can build a lot around the right types of people on your team. And if you have the wrong types of people on your team, then you know what, it kind of permeates through the team as well. So I took a lot of that with me. There's a lot to squeeze into yeah. why I love being from Oklahoma. I've been in Charlotte for 28 years. So I've lived here longer than I lived in Oklahoma. Um, so this is my, 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 my home now. Uh, but that's my roots. Yeah, I, you love know, it. I love all of that. And, and my experience in Oklahoma, I can't say enough. And um, it was my first time going to a game at Oklahoma. But, you know, there's a lot of people in the South that want to say the SEC and the ACC, you know, that there ain't nothing better. Go to Oklahoma. And I guarantee you'll have just as much of an experience as, as if you're going to Ole Miss or Georgia or anywhere else. And all you SEC people, don't hate it till you try it because it was an <laughs> amazing experience. And everybody welcomed me. I left there and I was like, damn, boomer sooner, baby. <laughs> so, boomer uh, sooner. That's right. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. I think we all learned a lot about Alfred Williams. You know, if you're a business owner, if you're in this area, you know, connect with Amber, reach out to their team, learn how they can help you not only safely return to work, but add a little, you know, spice to it. You know, see how we can design, you know, your space that's that's more into to 2021 in the future. And uh, and if you do get an opportunity, go go check out their showroom here in the future. When things start to open up, you will be super impressed. And uh, 
and go sit in one of their chairs. You'll try to buy one on spot. I'll tell you that. Those things are unbelievable. But thank you so much, Amber, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Amber. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.